Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Good morning. Good Saturday morning to you. Pat Bostic here with Panthers Insider. For the next hour, we were ta- we will talk pit basketball. Huge game. Nicholas Callis detailed it in the update. Huge game at the Peterson Event Center today. Pitt, Syracuse, a 5 o'clock tip. Bill Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken will have the call here on The Fan. Coverage starting at 4.30 with the pregame show. The biggest game at the Peterson Event Center since it's been a long time. It's been a long time with a game that has had this much intrigue, this much anticipation, this much on the line uh, for a pit team that has had a remarkable season from about December on. They've been terrific. If not for some early season struggles, namely three straight losses, you're looking at a team that's without question a top 15 team. Seemingly those early losses, lack of margin of victory, whatever it may be, has held them back in terms of rankings and pole position for the NCAA tournament. But nonetheless, this team is in a position now where it controls its own destiny. An oft-used saying in the world of sports, but in this case, it's absolutely the case. It's absolutely true that this Pitt team who sits at 20-8 and eight, at 13-4 and four in league play, if they win out, they will win the regular season title of the Atlantic Coast Conference. Easier said than done for sure, but the Panthers – First order of business is to take on a, a long-standing rival today in front of a sellout crowd at the Peterson Event Center. There's been great crowds this year. There have been sellouts. The Miami game was one of them. Th- this will take the cake. I promise you that. If you're going to the game today, if you're thinking about going to the game today, I encourage you to do so. Go early. Yes, there's construction in Oakland, but get there. Get there to watch this team play one last time at home in a game that has a chance to lock them into the NCAA tournament. I'm going to explain that in a minute here on how this is a this game has historical significance in terms of where it will position Pitt for the rest of the the rest of this season. How it could afford them a slip up or two based on some historical perspective. Panthers again sit at 20 and 8, 13 and 4 in league play. They are a half game back of Miami in the ACC standings. Just a half game back. That's Miami's played an additional game so far. They've got an open date and then they'll they'll finish out with two including a a meaningful game against the Panthers one week from today in Coral Gables, which may very well be for that title on the line. Want to hear your calls today. Want to hear your thoughts on this team. What does Pitt need to do? to finalize, to solidify their status as an NCAA tournament team. They've kind of moved back and forth from the 8-9 seed to a 10 seed on the bubble, off the bubble. What do you make of that? What do you make of these net rankings? I know they're they're interesting. That's an interesting set of rankings. You can win and and go back three spots and lose and, and move up. What do you make of that? Most importantly, today's senior day. And we don't get to talk about seniors a lot in college basketball anymore. And this is a different group of seniors. This is a group of seniors that didn't always take a direct route to Pitt. Actually, many of them did not start at the University of Pittsburgh. They started elsewhere. Some played at two schools. But this group has a chance, and and we talk about Julius Page and, and Brandon Knight and Obviously, they won a they won a league championship, a, a tournament championship, and made a run in the NCAA tournament, and were 
obviously in the rankings, and and they had all the accolades. But this group has has the potential to have that type of legacy. Perhaps not exactly the same, but but similar in terms of in terms of what they do to position this program moving forward, how they've built the reputation back. I want to talk about that group? Give me a call four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy. We got someone online. Who we got? Good morning, Pat. Yes. How you doing? Title man. Title man. What's up? How you doing, brother? I, I'm bouncing off the walls already. I mean, well, I need you to calm I, down. <laughs> I, I probably need to calm down. Yeah, it's, I'm ready. And, and you're right about one thing with this group of of uh, seniors and the, and the guys that he brought in this year. Uh, they've already done one thing, which which is to to make the Pete a cool place to be again. And it was a, you know, it was a, it was a struggle there for all those years to, to keep the faith. But these guys have really done a, a tremendous job. Uh, personally, uh, I just love uh, Nellie Cummings and and what he's done. And we sit uh, close to the Cummings family and the uh, the Midland, uh, you know, the Midland crew. Uh, what a what a, a group of enthusiastic. And fans, they bring a lot of energy to the game, and uh, it's been a, a real treat this year. And I, I think they're going to keep it coming. I don't understand the NET. I don't understand it at all. Uh, when a, a team like North Carolina is ranked in the 20s, and we're ranked in the 50s, and we beat them twice, so uh, I don't understand that at all. It's mystifying, and uh, it, it, it'll be a damn shame. If if we either get boxed out or or we end up in uh, you know Boise Idaho for a first round game, yeah. So, uh, but that, it is what it is, and 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 I'll tell you what we can really make uh, Jim Beheim, uh, uh you know, be sad that he took a shot at us, which was completely unwarranted, and uh, you know we've done it the right way. Jeff Capel's done it the right way. And, uh, I, you know, I think today we, we knock these guys off today and then, you know, go out and take care of business in Notre Dame. And then it'll be all on the line next week in, uh, in Coral Gables. Yes, it will, Title Man. Appreciate the call bright and early. Always good to hear from you. Um, you're right, you know, and, and we talk about that group. And we'll talk about each senior in the next segment and just kind of go through them because they have been a fun group to watch. They've been a fun group to listen to as well. If, if you really followed them and read about them, they're great kids. But this team has made – they've made pit basketball fun again. They've made it They've made it cool to go to the Pete, as, as Title Man said. They've made the Pete alive. They, they brought it back to life. There's been moments, certainly over the last six years, where you've had a – you've had a, just a glimmer of hope, and, and unfortunately it, it was never sustained or consistent – but this year, things have they've really crescendos, crescendoed. With the exception of the Florida State loss at home, there really hasn't been a game where Pitt has, Pitt has let us down. We knew the Tech game on the row was going to be difficult. They did not defend up to Jeff Capel's standards. Tech was ready. They're a desperate team. Scored 72 points, probably enough to win. Took a loss in a tough environment in Blacksburg. Not not a total letdown. Tuesday night against Georgia Tech, good crowd, 
A lot of celebrities in attendance. Awesome to see DeMar Hamlin and Tyler Boyd in the house. A lot of football, former football guys want to come back and watch this team, which I think tells you something about what they've done to the brand. You know, down six, you know, with eight minutes left against Georgia Tech, had the opportunity to be, had the, certainly had the potential to be a major letdown. You talk about a, a backbreaker in terms of, you know, quad four loss, all the things that are, maybe it was quad three, whatever quad it was, it wasn't a quad one loss. So to can't afford to lose that game and they find a way to win. They find a way to win and, and put the game away with their free throw shooting. You know, they've got a, a veteran group. I think Josh Pastner, the Georgia Tech coach, put it best. This team is older. Their starting lineup is older than the Oklahoma City Thunder, which, listen, uh, all those years that, that Jamie Dixon was here and preached about getting old and having older guys, there's a different way to do it now. You don't have to have them for four or five years. And, and this is this group's a living proof. This group is living proof. They're a they're an old bunch. They're not they're not rattled. They they want this moment. They each of those guys, Nelly, Jamarius, Nike, Blake, those guys, Greg Elliott, those guys want the ball in the weighty moments. And it's one of the things that gives you confidence about this team. Especially against a Syracuse team that's going to give them opportunities to shoot the ball. Obviously, it's it's not going to be the type of game that Pitt is, you know, where Jamarius Burton's going to get that high ball screen and work off of that. Obviously, things are going to have to be, the ball's going to have to move to create shots and to create openings because of the nature of the zone. But Pitt put up a big number against Syracuse in, in, in the Dome back early in this season. And this game has a whole lot more meaning. And when I say meaning, Obviously, the Pitt has three games left. Their sights are set on securing the highest possible seed in the ACC tournament. That very well may include winning the ACC regular season title and putting a rock-solid vice grip on, on, on an NCAA tournament berth for the first time in several years. I want to give you a stat. Pitt wins this game today. Or wins one of the last three. Let's just put it put it out there. Let's 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 put bare minimums out there. No team in ACC history has gone fourteen and six in league play and not made the ACC tournament, or the NCAA tournament rather. No team in ACC history has gone fourteen and six in league play and not made the NCAA tournament. So we're talking about baseline minimums. Got to get one of three. Love to get three of three. And it starts today with Pitt, Syracuse at the Peterson Event Center. I want to hear from you, 412-928-9370. Thoughts on this Panther team? Thoughts on this season? Who's going to the game today? What are you looking forward to most other than a win and seeing Jim Beheim walk off the floor? I'm not going to go into the, the back and forth there. There's a, a ton of hypocrisy in all of this, so I, I don't want to delve too deeply into, into – um, throwing shots or, or giving a retort to, to the, the statement that was recanted. But this is a classic rivalry. We've got everything you could want for Pitt basketball in this city right now. you got a team that's relevant, a team that's playing well, a team that is playing its best basketball at this time of the year with a chance to go to the big dance, to secure a double, a, a, you know, a, a double bye, 
in the ACC tournament. Top four teams do it. Panthers are currently tied for second. Clemson sits at 12-5. and five. Virginia and Pitt, 13-4. and four. Pitt with a tiebreaker over Virginia. That will remain the case because Pitt will not play Virginia again. Miami sits at 14-4, and four, a half game ahead in first place. NC State's 12-6. and six. So again, at NC State, obviously Pitt has that, that two-game, that, that, that tiebreaker with, with NC State, uh, given the early season win, eight-point win in Raleigh, and then Duke at 11-6. and six. So you got a two-game gap from fourth to uh, from Pitt's position to to outside that top four, and they get a chance to cap things out at home. Senior day, five o'clock tip, perfect timing. Place will be on fire against a rival, against an old Big East rival, against a coach that Pitt fans love to hate. What more could you want? And we get to talk about it for the next 40 minutes or so. Talk about pit basketball. Andrew Filipponi, speaking about a guy that I don't love to I love Andrew. Andrew's a Syracuse grab, but I love the pit basketball is back tweets that we get from Andrew every now and then. We're going to talk to Andrew at 845. Went to school at Syracuse, understands this rivalry, follows Syracuse basketball, get his perspective on this Syracuse team, on this matchup today. And most importantly, you know, as one of the more prominent voices in this city in terms of sports talk, where does Pitt basketball fit in today's ecosystem in terms of sports and prominence in this town? What has this year shown us in terms of the importance of Pitt basketball being successful? Because I would argue it showed us a lot. And today will be a shining example of that. We'll be back with a lot more, including your calls, 412-928-937-937-D. 412-928-937-D. That's a zero at the end. And much, much more. You're listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Welcome back. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan, Panthers Insider. Here with you till 9 a.m. Talking pit basketball. Big game at the peak today. If you haven't heard, you heard. Pitt-Syracuse, 5 o'clock tip. We broadcast live here on 93.7 The Fan. Bill Hillgrove, Curtis Aiken with the call. Coverage starts at 4.30. Panthers with an opportunity to notch their 21st victory, their 14th victory in ACC play. Again, no team in ACC history has won 14 games, have gone 14-6, and six, and not made the NCAA tournament. So a huge opportunity for the Panthers to cap things out on senior day. Want to talk to you about it, 412-928-9370, talk about the senior class, talk about this team and what they need to do to get to the big dance. Well, we've got a couple people on the line. We'll go to Andy in Virginia. Andy, how are you? Good morning. How are you doing today, Pat? I'm doing great, man. Very good. Hey, just want to touch base. Two things related to Pitt in the tournament. First off, you switched the top two or three names in the ACC uh, standing to North Carolina, Duke, NC State, everyone's talking about how strong these teams are finishing the season, how they gelled after a tough start. Uh, secondly, when you talk about these quad wins, you can't change the way the quad goes based upon how the season goes for the other teams. You have to view it how you beat them when they're a quad one team. So it's essentially playing poker, knowing what the other teams have, and they sort of try to manipulate the story based upon what they want to hear. Interesting. That's a really interesting take, Andy. I appreciate the call. It's 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 like uh, I don't get it. I, I I probably should study it more. 
But when you've got a team in North Carolina that's 0-9 in quad one games and has lost two games to Pitt, but is ranked 15 or 20 spots ahead of them in, in, the, in the NET rankings, net rankings, you've got to explain that. To, I just don't understand it. Now, with the way the tournament works, certainly there are analytics and stats that go into you know, selecting the, the field, right? There, there's a committee, there's a chair of the committee, there's all the things that we've come to understand with the March Madness. There's an, a degree of you know, kind of the, the eye test that I think Pitt passes with flying colors this time of year. I'm certainly biased. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. But in, in terms of if, if you did a blind test and look at their record, you know, with since since November, five losses and really have been in league play only four losses and have, have been really consistent, scoring the ball, defending. They've won the games they're supposed to win with the exception of the Florida State loss. They beat Virginia. They beat NC State. They beat Miami. They've beaten teams with preseason number one rankings in Carolina twice. This team is, they've got their credentials. So I don't quite understand the analytics, and I do agree that they could be manipulated to tell a story. And certainly, college basketball is better when Carolina and Duke are playing great. Certainly. And Duke's not playing all that bad. They're really young. Carolina's disappointed. But, you can't tell me this this pit team isn't a tournament team, provided they take care of business here down the stretch, and it starts today at five o'clock. We'll, we'll head out to Jim in Wilkesbury. Jim, how are you? Good, Pat. Great show as usual. Thank you. Oh well, yeah, uh, Pat. Just to echo the, the last thing you sta- uh, stated, uh, you know, analytics are good because they provide more information. But I think in sports, sometimes they're overblown. Like you talked about net, it's sort of like war and baseball. It's like the, the eye test should really be. The, the real consideration. Okay. And I want to ask a question about uh, Blake Henson. I know he has another year of eligibility. Uh, has he stated one way or another, if he's going to come back? Cause he's a great player. It's fun to watch. And one other thing that as far as tight end depth goes behind Bart, uh, I was sort of disappointed Pitt didn't bring in a, a grad transfer or somebody from the transfer portal. Uh, I think Carter Johnson has another year of eligibility and he's serviceable. And, of course, they have Rendon Mitchell as young kids. And uh, appreciate your comments. Thanks. I appreciate you. Doing a little football at me. I love it. Let's remember the transfer portal opens up again. So it'll open up and again following spring ball. So that cycle's not over. But Carter Johnson is back. And uh, Jake Rendon's made some progress behind Bartholomew. So I, I feel good about that tight end position. I know it's something they're focused on. But speaking of which, Blake Henson would have been a heck of a tight end. He uh, was a pretty big recruit. Coming out of high school, football recruit. Chose to play basketball, which is his first love. But I think he was, last time I checked, he had offers from Florida and Georgia. And you could see it when you look at him. He's thick. He's six seven. I mean, be a nice red zone target. Um, but, but Blake certainly has a decision to make. Obviously, he has another year of eligibility. I think he could do, do wonders coming back. And I think if you just judge by his comments, he's got the chance to be the next – bona fide leader of this program. Um, I mean, 
I'm fascinated by these guys. I'm fascinated to listen to Jamarius Burton talk. I'm fascinated to listen to Nellie Cummings talk. Blake Henson takes the cake. I mean, some of the things he says are awesome. You know, the whole, you know, we're just, there's no front seat, there's no back seat in the caravan. Jeff Capel's a driver, and we're just along for the ride. You know, big shot after big shot. I think he could he could work on using his body better and getting to the basket off the off the bounce. Remember, this guy hasn't played in three years. You know, he was a transfer. You know, played at two schools, played at Iowa State. You know, did not you know, end up playing there because of a coaching change. So sat out. The whole COVID thing was was the year prior. This guy is just getting his feet underneath him, and boy. Did the Panthers find a gem? And I'll just go back to his quote. You know that that he said. I, I believe it was on the fan. I'm not sure which show it was on. It might have been with Pony, but he, he said he'd die for this coach in this program. And I, I quote that. Um, I think Blake Kinson is going to have a lot to say about next year's basketball team, and having him back would be a huge coup around Federico. Federico, the Twins, Nate Santos, who showed progress. Um. Yeah, there's there's reason, you know, good recruiting class, opportunities in the portal to get older. But it's about the here and now right now. And you, know, you talk about NCAA resume, Matt Plisga puts this together, the game notes that, that I, I, I read because I'm a nerd. Pitt has won 19 of 24 games and, eight, and nine of their past 11 games since November 20th. Pitt's 19 wins since November 20th is 12th most in the NCAA. Tied fifth amongst Power Five teams, pits seven and three in true road games, six and two on the road in league play, seven and two against the top half of the teams in the ACC. Pitt is six and two against teams ranked above it in ESPN's College Basketball BPI. Three and one in true road games against the top forty in the BPI. What else do you have to say? You don't say anything. You just win, and that's what. This opportunity will be today at the Peterson Event Center. Jamarius Burton will play his final game in a pit uniform. What a mark on this program he's had. What a season he's had. Certainly a first-team All-ACC caliber player. One of four players of the NCAA averaging 15.5 points, 4.5 rebounds, and four assists per game. Shooting 49% from the field, 89% from the free throw line. 89% from the free throw line. It was money the other night. Nellie Cummings grew up a Pitt fan. Midland, PA. Comes back and he's had some monster games at Carolina. Monster game against Georgia Tech. 22 points. Fearless. Undersized but fearless. He's brought an edge back to this program. Nike Sabande will play his final game in a pit uniform today at home at the Peterson Event Center, along with Jamaria Sinelli. Nike has, what's he say, he puts a battery in the back. He is a, he's had monster games this season and, and before, coming off an ACL injury. What a senior season he's had. What a mark he's left on this program. Greg Elliott. Another leader on this team. Transfer from Marquette. Three-point shooting specialist, if you will, but has made plays defensively. He's made steals in critical moments. I go back to the K-9 
Carolina game. I go back to the Virginia game. I go back to the Georgia Tech game. Messing up an inbound, but then getting the ball back. Doesn't quit. These guys are good players. They play well together. They've brought an energy back to the program, but most importantly, they're great kids. And they're going to get a sellout crowd in their final home game at the Peterson Event Center, and they deserve every bit of that. They deserve every bit of that. And you can't forget Aiden Fish. I hope Aiden gets in the game today at some point. I hope he gets in the game and makes a shot. The zoo might just rush the court, which they don't do ever. But if that happens, it would be tough to hold him back. They won't rush the court, but they'll be close. Aiden's another guy. If you if you listen to the bench, go to practice, walk by practice, one of the most vocal guys on the team. Walk on, local kid. Just a great, great kid. And he's been through this with this program through thick and thin. And they've all collectively, with the leadership of Jeff Cape, will put this program in a position to become relevant again. And the key now is to stay relevant. Syracuse is a team... That if you look at their last their last five games, it's really a tale of. I mean, they they've really they've gone south the last two games. Lost to Duke by twenty two at home. And lost to Clemson by eighteen on the road. This is coming off wins against NC State, against Florida State on the road, and against Boston College on the road. Boston College obviously just beat Virginia. Gerard, their point guard, can make plays, averaging almost 17 points a game. Judah Mintz, former pit commit, dynamic guard. Don't have maybe the size they've had in the past or the scoring down low. They play that zone, which is different than you, you see from a, a night-in, night-out basis. Obviously, they're well-coached. They know Pitt well. They know Pitt well. So by no means is this a shoe-in game. Panthers are six-point favorites. But I think the Panthers have a lot more to play for at this point than Syracuse. And they got a chip on their shoulder. And that chip has stayed there. It stayed there as a result of, obviously, a lack of national respect. But also, they were called out by this team. They were called out by Syracuse. This program was. Jeff Capel was called out. And those are things you don't forget. But it's about what happens on the court. And that will be the end-all, be-all. Five o'clock tip at the Peterson Event Center. We're going to be back with Andrew Filipponi, PM team host, Syracuse grad, but but a huge friend of the Pitt Panthers. We'll talk to him right after this break. You're listening to Panthers Insider on 93.7 The Fan. Panthers Insider rolls on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Closing things out with our friend and one half of the PM team, one of the best to do it, Andrew Filipponi. Pony, good morning, man. Pat, you pumped up, baby? You ready to go today? I'm pumped up. Are you? Are you pumped up? Uh, yes and no. I am. Uh, I had Richie Walsh promise me courtside tickets, and then he blew me off at the last second. Wow. So that was a big – that was painful. It still stings, to be honest with you. So as a guy that, that went to Syracuse, obviously, that's been well documented. What what? Did, what does the pit rivalry mean to you, especially in basketball? Well, I mean, when it was in the Big East for you know those 
years from like 2002 to, I don't know, 2000, maybe 11, before they both left for the ACC, it was a game where you felt like the winner was in the driver's seat to compete for the Big East championship is how I felt about it. You know, that was really before Villanova's program took off in a big way with Jay Wright. And, you know, you felt like with Connecticut and Jim Calhoun and, you know, for a few years there, maybe Georgetown with John Thompson, like that those were the teams that you measured yourself up against. So from a Syracuse fan perspective, I think it was Pitt had a very defined style. They were going to be a really physical team. You knew that you were going to have your work cut out for you for 40 minutes. And you were just hoping that, you know, you'd win an ugly game, maybe a first to 50 game or something like that. So that's how I looked at it. I don't know if I ever really, you know, growing up a Syracuse fan or going to school there, I don't think I ever really hated Pitt. I think I was, I was impressed that in a, maybe a non-traditional basketball market where at the time it wasn't like the city was producing a lot of players, more of a football town, of course, that they were so consistent year in and year out. So I think I admired them from afar and knew that when Pitt played Syracuse that the winning team was probably in position to win the Big East championship. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. You make a good point about you know Pittsburgh not being a, a, a basketball market. Uh, obviously, there are people here that love basketball. You follow the game extremely closely. Obviously, Syracuse is a is a is a blue blood type of program in college basketball. But I want to I want to ask you, you know, Pitt has been rather dormant in terms of its basketball relevance for several years now. Um, until this season, obviously, they've they've become more relevant, a part of the conversation. What do you think Pitt basketball's place is in the sports market? here in Pittsburgh now that you're a, you're a very prominent member of that market? Well, I think they can have a big one. I think the potential is there for Pitt to be a really relevant team. You know, they compete. They don't compete against the Steelers every weekend or high school football the way that the Pitt football program does. And even though, you know, the Pitt football program has been, you know, last two years really good, ACC championship finishing in the top 25 last year, you know, every Saturday, the next day, there's a Steelers game. And so you've got a very, you've got a very busy, that's a very busy time of year. Plus not to mention how many Penn State football fans and Notre Dame football fans and West Virginia football fans and even Ohio State football fans populate our region. Basketball season, you know, especially if the Penguins here are ready for a downturn, I think you've got that, that time, that space, where once the football season ends, once the Super Bowl is over, where a lot of attention can turn to pit basketball. And it was that way for a long time. And the Pete was sold out every game, not just senior day or the final home game of the year, but Wednesday nights, Thursday nights, the place was packed during conference season. And I absolutely think we can get back to that. You know, this season has sneaked up on people. I think that's a good thing in a way because it reminds people how much fun college basketball can be and how much better of a sports town we are when pit basketball is good, Pat. I also do think, though, what's going to be interesting is, you know, there's a lot more turnover in college sports now. What made those pit teams, what made people, I think, love those pit teams that that we talked about before was that these guys grew up in the program. 
you know, they started off as freshmen. Maybe they didn't play a lot. And by the time they were juniors and seniors, they were ready to really contribute to the program. Guys like Aaron Gray and players like that, Brad Wanamaker, that they were as freshmen, they were way different than who they were by the time they left the program. Now you've got guys who come in for one or two years. You know, Pitt, I think fans thought like maybe 10 years ago, how do we compete with the Dukes of the world and the North Carolinas of the world in the one-and-done era when they get NBA players for a year? Well, now everybody gets one-and-done, guys. Yep. It's the transfer portal. So it's going to be a whole new team next year, Pat, and that's going to be the challenge for Jeff Cable, but at least he's shown this year in year five, that he can do it now, and he can get a really good basketball team on the floor. Talking to Andrew Filipponi, and, and want to ask your perspective on this. Obviously, Syracuse not having the year they they hope for, plan for. What do you think the future is for Jim Beheim? What's the what's the what's the realistic expectation amongst the Syracuse community on how long he'll coach? As long as he wants, and, and, and I hate to bring this up just because of the way things ended, but it feels to me like there's a paternal vibe there, you know, where no one really within the program or within the university has the guts to sit down with Jim and say, okay, you know, let's map out a change or a, you know, a way of transferring power over to someone else. I don't think he's interested in that. He does not have a ton of hobbies. He's not somebody who I think, you know, wants to travel or play golf every day or wants to get caught up on things that he's missed. Like, he's a basketball junkie. There's a reason why he's been doing it for 50 years. Yep. And I don't think he wants to stop. And he's been the person that is responsible for the national championship in 03, the final four appearances, all the 20 win seasons, like, I just don't think that they have somebody there, whether it's the chancellor of the school, the athletic director, who wants to any booster, who wants to say to Jim, hey, it's over. Even though I think signs are pointing in that direction. You know, I thought what he did regarding Pitt and Miami and those schools a month ago was pretty classless. And he should have been reprimanded by the university for it. And he wasn't. And he did. And he gave a half-hearted apology. But by then, I thought the damage had already been done. I think a lot of Syracuse fans are ready for something new, which, hey, maybe we'll learn the grass isn't greener on the other side. I'll always be grateful to, to the guy, Pat, yep. because he made a basketball team in central New York. Must see. They get 20,000 people there a game. Yep. Other than him, there's no reason why Syracuse basketball should be as good as it is, even though it's obviously not there now. But, no, I think people are ready for some fresh blood, some new blood in there in a different coach. Last one for you, Andrew. Got to ask you the obligatory one. Um, you know, I appreciate your time this morning. You talk all week, so I, I appreciate you making a little bit of time for us. How do you see this one going today? Because, again, it's, it's as we learned in the ACC, you just never know. Yeah. Well, I think it's a tricky spot for Pitt because Syracuse has gotten blown out in two straight games. They lost to Duke, I think, by 22 and Clemson by 18. I might have that flipped but they've lost their last two games by, by an average of 20 points. They've gotten killed. And I don't think that this team is a great team. I don't think that, you know, I, I want to say it's not an NCAA tournament team, but the way that they make the tournament now is so stupid. Like 
Syracuse will finish probably with a winning record in the ACC, and that used to be good enough to get yourself an NCAA tournament consideration. It's not anymore. But they lost games to Colgate and Bryant. I mean, they're not one of the 68 best teams in the country. But they've got two good guards. You know, Judah Mintz, who almost went to Pitt, is a guy who goes right to the basket, one of the great penetrating guards, one of the really good defensive guards in the country, you know, top steals guy. Uh, Joe Girard is a streaky shooter. He can make six or seven threes in a game like Nellie Cummings can, like he did last time Pitt played Syracuse. So, And then Ed- Edwards inside is the type of guy that if he's not in foul trouble, you know, he can control the glass for Syracuse. So it's going to depend how Pitt shoots. Yep. If they shoot it like they did against Virginia Tech, well, then Syracuse can come in here and win today. So I think it's a toss-up game. The crowd will be great. It'll be rocking. But I think Syracuse will be more feisty than they've been the last couple times out, Pat. Well, it'll be interesting, man. Appreciate your perspective this morning. And uh, have a great day. I hope you're going to the game because, you know, if you need seats or anything, I, it doesn't sound like Richie Walsh took care of you. <laughs> he said courtside, Pat. I, I thought I was good. All That's right, brutal. Man. Well, have a great day, dude. Appreciate you. Yep. There he goes, Andrew Filippone. Well, it's time for us to wrap things up on Panthers Insider, but tons more pit talk today, pit basketball. Big time game. We just detailed it from start from start to finish here on Panthers Insider. Five o'clock tip against the Orange of Syracuse. We'll be back next week, eight to nine AM. We're here every week on ninety three seven the fan. For now it's Pat Bostick. Have a great day and hail to Pitt.